Welcome back and thanks for tuning in to this next episode of season four. As you know, this season is focused on everything differentiation. Today's episode will dive into math, specifically upper grade math. Now primary teachers don't fret, many of these tips can also be modified for your kiddos. Now upper grade teachers, you may be wondering, are math centers only for primary grades? Is it necessary to rotate centers? How do I manage math centers and make sure students are on task? Today, we're gonna look into how to differentiate math centers, or like in my classroom, math tasks, and how those tasks can help you meet the needs of all of your students. As many of you already know, I have taught a variety of grade levels and worked with several teachers, both new and veteran. There's one thing that I've noticed in my experience, and that's differentiated centers seem to stop at third grade. That's right, third grade. Honestly, I wholeheartedly believe that all upper grade classrooms should be differentiated, and centers are the perfect way to do that. Having said that, I do not rotate stations in the upper grades. In other words, I don't spend the exact same amount of time with every group, and each lesson is not the same lesson. There are different problems, different scaffolds, and so on. Instead, I meet with groups as needed. I do not meet with every student for the exact same lesson for the same amount of time. And let me tell you how I came to this realization. When I first started teaching upper grades, I was placed in a fourth grade. Now before that, I had almost exclusively worked with kindergartners and first graders. So as you can imagine, going from K-1 to grade four was a huge jump. I, of course, had already been in the routine of math rotations, so when I moved to fourth grade, I implemented them in the same way that I had done in the primary grades. After about two weeks, I realized that the stations were not working as well as they had with the younger kiddos. It had nothing to do with management, but I was constantly feeling rushed during my lessons. What I realized was that 15 or 20 minutes for an upper grade math lesson was not nearly enough especially for struggling learners. Although it was enough time for the advanced learners, my intervention kids needed more teacher time. So I thought to myself, there's got to be a better way. Thus, I made it my teacher goal to figure out a way to teach small groups while meeting the unique needs of each of my groups. Over the next two years, I worked on being able to differentiate without rotating stations. I decided to use a task chart instead. Each group would have three tasks in every math lesson, one of them being a lesson with me. I also decided not to meet with my advanced learners every day because this would allow me to meet with the students who needed me the most more often. Now, once I made these adjustments, I almost immediately started seeing results. I was not feeling so rushed, my advanced learners were more engaged, and my struggling learners started to progress academically. Now, I know what you're thinking. It's not fair to my advanced learners, but let me explain. 
I truly believe that not all learning requires a teacher. It also is not the product of direct instruction only. Students can and should learn independently and or with partners. There are so many online programs that will provide online lessons, thus allowing your advanced learners to participate in the flipped classroom model. Although I will be writing a blog post dedicated to this model in just a few weeks, I do want to take a moment to briefly introduce it to you. So what is a flipped classroom and why should we use it? In a traditional flipped classroom, students learn new material at home and then participate in problem solving and enrichment activities while in class. I use this idea, but I incorporate it in a different way. I use a flipped classroom model within the four walls of my classroom. Let me give an example. In any curriculum, essential standards are usually scaffolded into several different lessons thus allowing students to gradually build their skills. Adding and subtracting unlike fractions, for example, may, may be divided into three lessons. One, equivalent fractions, two, adding fractions, and then finally, subtracting fractions. Although struggling learners will need all three lessons, advanced learners do not. They could probably get this concept in one or two lessons. Having them sit through three full lessons with several examples in each lesson not only disengages them, but it doesn't give them the opportunity to work on more challenging problems and activities. Instead, I would meet with my advanced learners on the first day and teach all three concepts in one lesson. Every step of the way, I would have them solve a problem in front of me so I know whether we can move on or not. Since it is a small group rather than the entire class, I can easily observe each student as they work. At the end of the lesson, I have students solve two or three check for understanding questions. They solve them and show me their answers. They also rank their understanding on a scale of one through four. Four meaning they could tutor someone else and one meaning they need teacher help. If they are able to add and subtract unlike fractions by the end of the lesson, and they feel confident in these new skills, they are excused to work on their exit tickets individually. Now, I do want to point out that in addition to combining lessons, I also use instructional videos and online programs. So before these kids even meet with me for lesson, they've already been introduced to the material. That's really how I'm able to make our lessons quick check-ins rather than full start-to-finish lessons. Now, after exiting the lesson and completing their exit tickets, over the next couple days, while I meet with other students, these advanced learners participate in one of the following activities. Enrichment activities that will challenge them on adding and subtracting fractions, for instance, maybe a performance task, math games that target adding and subtracting fractions, or they might preview lessons for the next skill. This makes learning fun for them. They are constantly being challenged, whether that be working on higher level problems or simply at a faster pace. I have good news. This process only takes a few minutes to get ready every day. Now, I highly recommend you get some supplies to help make this manageable. 
The first is go ahead and grab some dry erase magnets and colored magnetic folders. Both of these supplies are readily available on Amazon. You can get them at Target, Lakeshore. They're not too expensive and trust me, it's worth the investment. For me, I use the dry erase magnets to write math tasks that I use almost daily. I have a colored magnet for lesson, exit ticket, Zern, ST math, bird seed for my advanced learners, and iReady is our math intervention program. If I ever want to assign a task that's not already on a magnet, I simply write it down directly on the whiteboard. The colored magnetic folders I use to organize my differentiated exit tickets. Now every day before I leave, I rearrange the magnetic tasks on the board, and I'm very strategic when I decide what groups to meet with and for how long. Now if you're looking for some detailed plans, for a sample week in my classroom, head to my blog at learningandprogress.com because I will walk you through what a week of this type of learning looks like. Now again, I highly recommend you go to my blog post, learningandprogress.com. That way you can look at detailed plans of the week that I'm gonna share with you. So these sample plans, I wanna highlight a few things. One, my two highest groups, Diamond, my grade level kiddos, and Circle, my advanced learners, participate in a flipped classroom. This is the process that I introduced you to earlier in the same episode. Now for us, we use an online program that is directly related to our curriculum for math. That online program is called Zern. I highly recommend it. It is fantastic. Now, my higher kids use this as a way to get ahead. They learn skills on their own. That way, by the time they get to me for lesson, it's really just a brief check-in. During that check-in, we focus on more challenging questions. I address any misconceptions. And often, they are able to exit out of the lesson within 15 minutes. Something else I want to point out is I don't meet with each individual group separately. And I strongly, strongly believe in this. For example, my higher kids. I really want my grade level kiddos to hear the thinking of advanced learners because this will, in fact, encourage growth for those kids. Same thing with my grade level kids that need a little extra support and my near grade level kids. I want my near grade level kids to hear the thinking of students who are faster learners. I do want to point out that for the kids that need extra support, for instance, uh, my higher kids, the grade level kids, I often have them work in partners when it comes to their exit ticket. And same with the near grade level kids, because they are in the same group as kids that are slightly higher than them. For the kids that need it, I allow them to work in partners for some of the more challenging exit tickets or skills. Something else that you'll notice in my sample week plans is that with my higher kids, there are times where I actually do a check-in lesson for two lessons at the same time. Again, 
this is flexible. So if you're teaching, if you plan on teaching two lessons and in the middle of your lesson you realize your kids need more support, then separate the lesson. No problem. Now, I've talked about Zern for a flipped classroom for my higher kids, but I also use Zern as a way to reteach skills already taught for my kids that need it. I would encourage you for whatever online program you choose, think of ways that you can differentiate within that program itself. Now, if you look at my plans, other than Zern, Lesson, Exit Ticket, I also have areas where the kids can play math games. Now, these math games can and should be differentiated. So for my intervention kids, their math game often has to do with math fluency. So practicing multiplication or division, whereas my higher kids are working on advancing their knowledge, building upon skills we've already learned, and so on. And now we're going to address the question that's always on every teacher's mind. How do I train my students to work independently during this type of learning? Teachers often wonder how they can train their students to work independently. And I want to share a few tips and tricks that I have learned over the years that will help your math classroom run smoothly. First, train your kids how to prepare for a lesson with you. For example, in my classroom, students know that they are to come to the lesson with the following supplies. Their math notebook, dry erase supplies, and a clipboard. I happen to use dry erase clipboards, which honestly were so worth the investment. In addition, they know, as always, they need to have a pencil with them. Second, have students get ready for the lesson while they wait for you. For me, I have students write down the lesson's title and learning objective while waiting for instruction. This frees up time for you to check in with the other groups or, if needed, to put out fires. Now, I would love to say that putting out fires never happens, but as teachers, we know that sometimes it does. So what I do is when I'm finishing with the previous group, for instance, when they're answering the final check for understanding question, I give the next group a five-minute warning. During that time, that group cleans up the activity they're working on, gets their math supplies, and starts getting ready for their lesson. While they wait for instruction, while I'm finishing up with my previous group, they write the title and objective in their math notebooks. And sometimes I even have them identify important key terms in the objective while they wait for the lesson to begin. Third, use music. Those of you that know me know I use music for everything. First of all, it's a great way to keep students focused. Playing classical music during math does wonders. It calms the students and helps them stay on task. I also recommend having timed music to help with transitions. For us in our classroom, we have a minute and a half song that signals to the students that they should be writing down the title and objective in their math notebooks. By the time the music ends, they know that I'm going to begin the lesson. Again, 
I can't stress it enough. Music gets them to stay on task. My last tip for you is to plan partner work strategically. If you notice on those sample plans on my blog, I never have too many groups working in pairs simultaneously. This prevents the classroom from getting too noisy or chaotic. Remember, your focus as the teacher should be on the lesson you're teaching, not on quieting down the classroom. With practice and training, this system works. Trust me. So after years of trial and error, reading about differentiation, and chatting with other educators, I have finally found a way to make small group learning work in my upper grade math classroom. Now, I absolutely love the way I teach math, and it's honestly one of my favorite times of the day. Please feel free to reach out to me with any questions that you may have, because I would love to help you get started with your small group lessons. Simply email me at learninginprogress.com or comment either on this podcast episode or on my blog post at Learning in Progress. Thanks again for being here. I wanted to share when my next episode will go live. On February 18th, we will take a closer look at the flipped classroom model. And although I typically use this model for my advanced learners in math, there are so many other opportunities to incorporate it into your classroom. Thanks again for joining me today. I am truly grateful for you. Make sure to follow me on Instagram at learning in progress, and I can't wait to chat with you again soon. Keep learning.